powers. I want to welcome you again to another Tuesday Bible studies. I'd like you to also welcome your neighbor, the one seated to your left, even to your right. Tell somebody you're welcome to church. Tell someone I'm so happy to see you. Thank God that despite the cold weather, you could still make it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In one minute, I'd like us to make a prayer. Bible speaking in the book of Psalm, oh, sorry, Proverb number 20, verse 12. It says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord God made them both. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord God made them both. Proverbs 20, verse 12. I'd just like you to ask the Holy Spirit now, let my ear be a hearing ear. Let my eye be a seeing eye. In today, what you'll be doing this evening, what you'll be doing in today's Bible studies, let me see it. What you'll be saying beyond what that boy will be standing there to say, let me hear it. Beyond what the preacher will be speaking on, let me hear what you are saying. Let me see what you are doing. Is someone making that a prayer? The Lord God made them both. The Lord God made them both. The Lord God made them both. Until your ear has been made into one that can hear, you will not hear. Until your eyes have been made to see, you will not see. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, God made them to be so. Lord Jesus, make me of a hearing ear. Make me of a seeing eye, Lord Jesus. Let these eyes that have been seeing many things. From Sunday up until this point, I have beheld many things, Lord Jesus. Right now, I want to see you. Let a purging happen now. I have been hearing many things, Lord Jesus. Let a cleansing happen now in my ear. Let a cleansing happen now in my inner man, Lord Jesus. That as I hear you, I will not misinterpret. As I see you, I will not misunderstand. Is someone making a prayer? The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord made them both. Can you just pray in the Spirit in one minute? Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? Is the Spirit that quickened and the flesh profited nothing? Jate la brande o confrana sila bela talara la bagayagada. Shepena porodonza zali gradla gadia bedelegadish. Paul speaking says, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in my understanding. How be it he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, he speaketh mysteries unto God. Baladia de Galia Gaden, the Saya de Bedegalegaga, Rambenandanan de Sesenata Padiak Lagabadagalagadash. The ears have been unstopped now. Parabinanta Silla Belegadegadesh. A heart of bitterness is being replaced now. Panacadia, Cezelia Paravalagabadash. Hepradinan Som Penegadeg. The unforgiveness is leaving the house now. Zaninantin and the Japa, Rabalagayagadia Shedegadegadegadesh. Rabadoza Panticalabaralagadagadash. Shetia Kabara. Something that has pained your heart and caused bitterness. By the end of today's meeting, you will look for it and you will not find it again. That thing that has caused you bitterness, that thing that has caused you bitterness and pain. Whenever you see that person, you are pained inside. It's living this night. It's living this night. It's living this night. Rebena Brondon Zafila Bragadash. Shapat Yakadalagadash. 
out of my belly shall flow rivers of living waters O Lord fill us up with the river of the spirit tonight that your purposes for chapel of praise may be actualized by this one for you have not spoken to us to seek you in vain Jesus you have not called us to waste hours before you on a Tuesday like this you have called us because there is a purpose you want to reveal in each and every one of us there is something unique about our destinies Lord that you have called us for this evening so Tuesday is not just another time we are spending without knowing what we are doing Tuesday is another opportunity for our lives to reach a level in you Lord Jesus Elohim let the heavens be open upon us all now upon our ears upon our hearts Lord Jesus let someone's destiny be set right now let someone's heart be set right now let someone's spirit Lord be quickened again let someone's spirit be quickened again Lord Jesus take over in the name of Jesus we have prayed in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed alright I asked a question last time how many of us are excited to be in Bible studies if you are not excited don't wave your hand how many of us are excited to be in Bible studies okay okay the hands are increasing it's better than last time so maybe we'll plan that when they come they'll not be excited even if they were not excited from the house I'm glad nonetheless hallelujah so Bible studies is very very interesting it's when we'll interact I was just sitting down one time and I was wondering the essence is an orientation this is an orientation service do you understand it's an orientation service where we'll interact we'll learn we'll unlearn Hallelujah. That's the essence of it. The importance is that, I was speaking of Jesus one time, he said, while he was teaching them, miracles were happening. Why I like Bible studies, it's not as if the table cannot be fast. The table can be very fast. But I anchor that scripture whenever I'm called upon by the grace of God to do this. I anchor everything on that scripture. That while he was teaching, he could have just been explaining what is a noun. A noun is the name of a person, animal, place, or thing. He says, say it five times and we repeat it. The Bible says the power of God was there mighty to heal them. Hallelujah. So in simplicity, another dimension of God's power or another dimension of God was revealed. They were not shouting and praying the Holy Ghost and shaking somebody's hand or jumping. But in teaching, something so wonderful was happening. Healings were taking place. Deliverances were taking place. One time we saw in Mark where he says, and he was teaching. And someone that had an evil spirit began to cry out with a loud voice and the demon left him. Hallelujah. He did not touch him. Amen. So when you are in a meeting like this, this is things that are very possible for you. But there was a Bible study time we had. And then someone left here and she was about to be robbed. And living from the strength of what she learned that day. As the people, as attackers came close, she just began to shout the blood of Jesus. And I believe her when she said it, that the people flew physically now. It was as if something carried somebody and threw. The person flew off her. Hallelujah. Nothing was stolen. When the person got up, he was now wondering which kind of, what just happened now. And he did not wait to be advised. He ran off on his own because I will not like a repeat of what just happened now. Hallelujah. So you are not just here to hear. You are here to encounter God and receive power for your destinies. Hallelujah. 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 So how many people are excited to be in Bible studies today? I'm very excited. Genuinely excited now. Hallelujah. Your testimonies, you will not miss them in Jesus' name. Alright, last week we spoke on something very exciting. We spoke about understanding grace in the faith of a believer. God's grace. Understanding God's grace in the faith of a believer. I still remember the topic, right? 
We still remember. Okay, so we said some things. We defined grace. We started by defining grace as the original use of it. We defined grace how the Greeks who used the word, the context they would always use grace, and there were three contexts they used grace as. Can we still remember? Can we remember? Okay, what was the first context they used grace? The first context they would use grace in? Perfection. The second one was? Hmm? Perfection, beauty. Are you sure? Eh? Okay, the second one is favor. Under perfection, we have beauty. Perfection and beauty was one thing. The second one was favor. Hallelujah. Unmerited favor without expecting anything in return. The third one, remember? Praise worthy work. Hallelujah. So when someone, for instance, you see in both, runs a 100-meter race in 3 points or 8.5 seconds or 8.1 seconds. In 8 seconds, someone has covered 100 meters. Ah, that is praise worthy work. Hallelujah. When someone does something that is so beautiful, aesthetic, someone sculpts, carries stone and begins to sculpt it and it looks like somebody's face. Ah, this is a graceful work. That was the use that the Greeks, that was how the Greeks used the word. We also saw from the Bible how these words were also very related to. So when Paul was speaking of grace, he was also making inference to that. This word I'm speaking of, when I'm attributing it to a believer, or I'm attributing it to God, God's grace, I'm saying that someone has been able to do praiseworthy work by the enabling power of God. I'm saying that someone has been able to attain beauty by the enabling power of God. I'm also saying that someone has received favor from God, unmerited favor. Hallelujah. Are we still together? Alright, so today we'll continue from there, but the main essence is we'll still look at some of the definitions of grace or what grace entails for a believer as far as his faith is concerned and how each and every one of us can maximize the grace of God in our daily lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh-uh. I know it's not cold. It's not cold. Is it cold? Is it cold? It's cold. Ah. Uh-uh. It's cold. Shaba. Hey. You are not, you're not in the spirit. If you are in the spirit, you know that our Lord is a consuming fire. Then you will know that you should be on fire. Hallelujah. All right. So, we will understand more on what grace is. I explained why last week Tuesday. Because when you know what something is and how it actually manifests itself, you will know how to use it. And you will know how to apply it. Hallelujah. So, more than us just saying, I receive grace or we are sharing grace whenever we pray, receive grace to succeed, receive grace. When you begin to understand how this grace actually works, for instance, in academics, how academic, grace for academic excellence actually works, how grace for spiritual growth and prowess works, how grace professionally now as a doctor, as an athlete, how grace works in each and every of these areas. When you begin to understand, you also see that as a believer, you have been unknowingly, unconsciously operating in these things. And now you consciously make use of them. Hallelujah. So we'll learn what grace is continuously and how we can maximize, receive and maximize the grace of God. Amen. 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 Alright. So we'll go to scripture now. Continuing from where we stopped. Continuing now. Grace is a divine instructor. Grace is a divine instructor. Grace is a divine instructor. Alright, under that, I'd like you to write now, Grace teaches believers. 
to deny one ungodliness. Two, worldly lust. Grace teaches believers to deny ungodliness, worldly lust, to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Grace teaches believers to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Another provision or extension of the grace of God is that it teaches every believer. It teaches whoever has it or whoever has possession of it how to deny worldly lust. Titus 2. Okay. Have you finished writing? Finished. Okay, can we look up? You continue. You continue from where you stopped. Can we read it together? One to go. Titus 2, 11 to 12. One to go. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Okay, now let's read it like we are reading the Bible. One, two, go. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us all the lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the grace of God that brings salvation. Amen. Did not just stop in bringing salvation. The grace of God, we saw last time how grace helped people to do exemplary things. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. I'm the most backward fellow as far as this gospel is concerned. But when the grace came, it was bestowed on me and it was with me. Something happened that I was even more choice. I, I overtook all of them. I labored more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. We saw how grace manifested itself in that aspect. We saw how grace brought favor. Mary, uh, Esther, Mary, um, Noah. We saw all those instances of how grace helped people. But now it says the grace of God does something. It brings salvation. Did you see it in the Bible? The grace of God brings salvation. It brings you into a place. And more than just bringing you there, it begins to tutor you on how to stay there and succeed in that place. Hallelujah. It brings salvation to you. A new kind of regime, a new lifestyle to you. And then it now teaches you how to manage it properly. How? By teaching you to deny ungodliness, worldly lusts. And then it's now teaching you how to live righteously and godly and soberly in this present world. Hallelujah. Do you know one thing I noticed from there? Do you know one thing I noticed from there? The end part is that it teaches you where? In this present in this present so there is um, a an increase in wickedness. There's an increase in strife in corruption, human wickedness, there is an exponential growth in it. But that notwithstanding, there is something that will help believers that God has made provision for as far as they are saved, as far as a man is saved. God has made provision that when a man enters the canopy of salvation by the grace of God, he has the ability, yes, or the provision to live in this present world uncorrupted. Hallelujah untainted as far as he has been taught by grace. 
He says he teaches us. He teaches us. And he also still brings inference to the fact that there are good students in every class and there are poor students in every class. So the grace of God is a faithful teacher, just as our lecturers are, and they will continue to be by the grace of God. They are teaching or he, the grace now, is teaching us faithfully how to deny worldly lust, how to live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. However, there will still be people who in that same class, in that lecture theater, will still default the teachings and they will not appropriate it properly. Hallelujah. At the end of the examining period, at the end of the teaching weeks and tests and exams now come, we will now see that although grace was faithfully teaching believers, there were some that were still not hearing. That's why we began by praying, Lord, give me a hearing ear. Give me eye or eyes that see. Because more than what you'll be hearing tonight, more than what you even heard last week, I hope that when you heard it, when you left this place, you began to consciously see in every aspect of your life how grace has been helping you and how you can appropriate the grace of God. Because today we are looking at something still in that line, something that will open your eyes to much more things. Hallelujah. So you have not been rising and falling in Christ because you are just human, you're just a, a human being. You have not been unstable in your way just because... There is so much wickedness in the world. All that is, is a normal thing. They do the righteous fall seven times. So you have to fall seven times so that the scripture will be fulfilled. It has not just been because of that. It's not only because blood is flowing through you as the many excuses that we always make as people. Right? You are you and I now. Many of the times we fail, fall short of God's standards. Sin eh, is because we are not faithful students of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does someone understand what I just said now? Or oh, now you don't look like you understand. You're looking like you don't understand. Hallelujah. Are you sure? Alright. So, the reason we are failing, the reason people who have received salvation still fall short is because grace, God has made so, a lecturer, a teacher, faithful in his, in his work. He will not, not teach you. He will keep teaching you how to deny ungodliness, what they lost, work faithfully, soberly, eh, and godly. But then me, I'm now the variable. As, and to the extent that I listen and obey these teachings and consistently follow in these teachings, I will see the result in my life. Hallelujah. So when they now tell you tomorrow that you can continue in your weakness, you can continue in your because of grace, don't worry, grace, where sin abounded, grace also much more abounded. Did you now understand what Paul was saying? Eh, he even went down in that place to even explain better. Now, I'm not telling you to continue sinning eh, because of grace. Shall we continue to sin that the grace of God may abound? He said, God forbid. That's not what I'm saying. So, what he's saying is that where there is serious corruption, the teacher that God has also given you to bring you out is also seriously concentrated on bringing you out of it. Hallelujah. And so now it depends on you and I if we'll be faithful, good students or not. Amen. Amen. So I need to just make a prayer now or a declaration over your body. Lord Jesus, from now, from now, from now, I will be a faithful student of the grace of God. I will be a faithful student of the grace of God. I will be a faithful student of the grace of God. The grace of God that quickens me to pray when I need to pray, I will be a faithful student of that grace. The grace that helps me to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, I will be a faithful student of that grace. The grace that teaches me to live righteously, to live soberly, to live godly, I will be a faithful student of that grace. From this moment, 
onward, from this moment onward, from this moment onward, from this moment onward, I promise you, I make a pledge as I am held by the grace. I will be a faithful student onward. Hallelujah. You have been held now in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, number two thing, the grace teaches us as a divine. This is under grace is divine instructor. Number one, grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and everything that you wrote down. Number two, grace teaches a man the things of God by revelation. Grace teaches a man the things of God by revelation. Grace. Hallelujah. Grace teaches a man the things of God by revelation. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. Ephesians 3, 1 to 5. Are we there? Have you finished writing? Write and look up. Alright, let's go together. One, two, go. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you, Gentiles, if indeed, okay, yes, if indeed you have heard of the, if you have heard of what? Of grace, of which God has given to me for you. Now I check dispensation in another place, and I said the stewardship. If you have really heard of the amount of grace that was given me, if you have heard of the caliber of grace that was given me, and he now said, given to me for you, how that by revelation he made me to know the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it is now as it has now been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and the prophets hallelujah grace he said that a dispensation of grace has been handed unto me and because of this now there are revelations that have come to me that were not there before Hallelujah. There is knowledge I have as, as it concerns the things of Christ that people who had learned properly, who were even under Jesus Christ's tutelage, they did not know it. Hallelujah. And so when you read what I now wrote down, you, began to, you yourself, you began to understand the person of Jesus. Amen. Grace, it brings knowledge of God by revelation, revelation, revelation. You can call the revelation in whatever aspect you will, dreams, visions, actual hearing, and discernment. You just, you descend the knowledge. Grace brings that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us desire to go up by revelation? How many of us desire to go up by revelation? Now, the prayer you pray, the simple prayer you pray now is, Lord Jesus, I receive grace as far as revelation is concerned. Hallelujah. Remember that grace is a free gift. Hmm? So even when you are fasting, this is one of the things we laid emphasis on on the first day. That regardless of your fast, regardless of your prayer, regardless of all those things. If your faith cannot attract grace, all those things are unimportant. Because it is grace that actually brings answers to your prayers. It is the favor of God, grace, that brings answers to your prayers. And what your faith now does is that it brings grace. Hallelujah. So... When you are praying now for this dimension of grace, this walking of grace, where you know that there is so much more than this as far as your religious, your Christianity is concerned, I, I would like to understand God better. I would like to have a deeper fellowship with him. I would like to be someone that, if someone asks me, 
this God that you're serving, can you tell me about him? When I open my mouth to speak, I will not run short of words. Eh? I would like to be that kind of person that more than even just speaking, I can tell you this is the experience or these are the experiences I have had as far as God and Jesus that I believe in is concerned. So a prayer you will now pray is, Lord, I receive grace for revelation in you. Hallelujah. That's another thing grace does for you and I. Amen. It gave people wonderful achievements and wonderful works. It brought favor to people. It also helps you in your daily pursuit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Another thing we can add there is that grace makes a man relevant in the area of his calling. Grace makes a man relevant in the area of his calling. So you are a student now. What will make you relevant and outstanding as a student, as a minister of the gospel, as a minstrel, a singer, Mm, mm. I think I've covered the major or very, very common areas. What will make you outstanding? What will make you peculiar? Mm? That they will not be too rejoice in science, biological science, or integrated science education. I still remember. There will not be two of them in that department. Oh, this is rejoice, just twin. What will make you distinct? As far as Chapel of Praise is concerned, I don't think there has been anybody like this. She's just different. Eh? In this department, he's just different. In the field of engineering, Abraham is just different. Do you understand? They, we cannot say he's copying this person. He's moving after this person. We cannot actually say he's... Eh? What will make you different, outstanding, and unique in the area of your calling is the grace of God that has been bestowed on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you are looking for originality, eh, originality and the sustenance of it, that you begin from your level 100 to your final year, you are not changed to anybody. You have not changed to people that wear black and black. You have not changed to people that wear white from head to toe. You are the same as God permits or as God predicated for you to be from beginning to the end. What I'm trying to say is that you began, you were saved. Eh? You joined a church or a fellowship. And through your four or five years of staying there, throughout that time, you have not reached a point where you say, ah, I don't think this is how I'm supposed to be. Or someone will walk up and tell you, this is not how you were before. You have changed. And the change is not actually for good. It's a bad change. Hallelujah. What to keep you faithful to the plan that God has for you? What to keep you in the path following after what God promised or said you will be? From your level 100, despite the challenges, despite the ups and downs, people have had result issues, people have had challenges of academics, people have had financial issues that have made them sway from the path. What will keep you there in that area of your life is the grace of God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? So, in, for instance, petrochemical engineering, electrical engineering, you found a career profitably in these aspects of your life. What will make you outstanding is the grace you have received. As a minister of the gospel, what will make you outstanding and different? You will not need to preach like somebody. You will not need to speak like somebody. You will not even need to mimic. Hallelujah. When the grace appears, is bestowed on you and is with you, you will find a uniqueness that nobody can gain see. Hallelujah. Even in your academics, you will find a uniqueness that nobody can gain see. That is what the grace of God does. Amen? And so till tomorrow, we'll never find that Paul had root. He even explained when he began his 
his journey in Galatia. He said, after that, the call of God came. I conferred not flesh and blood, but I now went to Arabia. And then I now came back and stayed with the apostles for a, a short time. And then I was now, after I was given the right hand of fellowship, I was released. Hallelujah. There was a reason for that. But you will not find that when he's preaching and teaching, you can't say, okay, he's talking the same way. You've read Peter's writings. You've read John the beloved writings. There's no similarity between any of them. Peter will write and he's like Peter. In fact, if you read Peter's writings, the only thing that is actually similar is the introduction. Grace to you and peace from the Lord Jesus, from, the, from our Father and the Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will be similar in the writings. Every other thing is different. Hallelujah. Perhaps they also end with a greeting of grace. Grace and peace unto you from the Lord, from our Father, from God our Father and, the, and our Lord Jesus Christ. But in them, these are men that made mark in their distinctive callings. Peter called to the Jews. Paul called to the Gentiles. Nobody was second rate. Nobody had to mimic. Hallelujah. The reason I'm taking my time to say this is that you are looking at yourself as someone that needs to follow after somebody in order to make it. No. You would think of yourself as not being good enough as far as God's giftings on you are there. But can I tell you something? When you have encountered the grace of God, those inabilities that you are seeing there, they become strength and they make you outstanding. Hallelujah. They make you outstanding. Amen? Does someone understand all that? Are you sure? This are the people understand. So the grace of God makes a man outstanding and relevant in the area of his calling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace is a divine instructor. Grace is a divine instructor. It instructs us both to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It also helps and teaches a man the things of God by revelation. And then grace makes a man by teaching him, by instructing him how to be relevant and unique in every area of his calling. Hallelujah. The next thing we will now know about grace is number five. That was number four. We learned three on Tuesday. Number five now, grace helps a man's grace helps a man's life and service. Grace helps a man's life and service to meet God's standard. Grace helps a man's life and service to meet God's standard. Hallelujah. Grace helps a man's life and service to meet God's standard. So, despite everything we have said now up until now, how grace, you've, or you've heard, grace covers, grace does this one, grace does that one. The essence is not so that what God has kept as a benchmark will be brought low. That's not why he gave grace as a free gift. Are we together? Are you sure we are still together? The reason he gave grace was not so that what he gives as a benchmark, if 4.5 is where first class begins from, because I've released grace, I will now not come and make it 3.2. Eh? Hallelujah. Grace makes a man's life and his service to rise up to God's standard. Amen. It brings you up to his standard. God will not reduce his standard for you. He has never reduced it before, nor will he start now to reduce it. The only thing that he has afforded us now by salvation and the new covenant is that grace that he has given us for salvation brings every believer, enables, empowers, teaches like you have just um, heard now, teaches us how to enter into that standard, how to come up to that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we still together? 
I'm not sure we are together. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Let me show you something from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 19. Okay, this was where Jesus was admonishing them, the Beatitudes, and then he began to tell them something else from verse 18. I'll start from 18. For shortly, okay, from 17. Do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For shortly, 18 now, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot, one title will by no means pass away from the law till all is you are not together with me. Till all is... Now, 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of this commandment and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 20. For I say unto you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Have you seen the benchmark? He has been, throughout his ministry, he will call these people hypocrites. He will call them um, hypocrites and blasphemers and sons and daughters of vipers, brood of vipers. Hallelujah. But he now says something. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds their own righteousness. He, he acknowledges that they have a righteousness. Except your righteousness exceeds their righteousness. Their righteousness has already fallen short of the stand of God. Yes, by his pronunciations and his pronouncements. But he now says, you who are settled with the teachings I've taught you, now you think I'm coming to spoil all of these orders and statutes that have already been put in place. No, that's not what I came for. I came to fulfill them. He now said, one jot, one line, one title will not pass from the law until everything is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Then he now said, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And he began to mention some things. He now says, 21, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, but whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I now tell you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, you just wake up one day, I don't just know how I'm feeling, I'm just angry at everybody, eh? and you are angry with your brother without a cause, and you now say to your brother, Raka, eh, bastard, you now call him names in your anger. He now says, he will be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Hallelujah. So, someone cannot just be angry again. Eh? Someone cannot just wake up and, I don't just want to greet. Your brother will just, sometimes you wake up and then your sibling just greets you. Because of how you are fit, I beg, leave this place. Someone cannot just be vexed again. Ah, which kind of thing is this one? Eh? But he's now saying something. There is a standard. The idea is that there is a standard I want you to picture in your head. There is a, there is a place I want you to picture. Hallelujah. It's not about the impossibility of the tax. It's about the place and the standard I am setting for you. Amen. And also continues another one that still looked foolish. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, he now says, leave your gift. Ah! Leave your gift there and go your way. Be reconciled with your brother, then come back and offer that gift. Hallelujah. So if you are living in Eket and then this is Jerusalem and you came all the way with your gift to offer, and while you are already here, you now remember that your brother has an issue with you. Leave your gift, go back home, reconcile, and then come back. 
This is the standard. Not even an inch. Not even a pinch of unrighteousness should be found in you. You will see him. He will say it with his own mouth. And he says, okay. 25. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. And the judge hand you over to the officials. And you will be thrown into prison. As shortly I say unto you, 28 now, by no means you will by no means get out until you have paid the last penny. 27. You have also heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her. It began by speaking of things that are done externally. Now it's slowly from the heart. It says your brother has a heart to inside. You will now find that it's also now entering inside. God is desiring and his standard is complete purity both inside and outside. This looks as, an, as it looks like an impossible feat to a normal person. So you will find that the Jews, they are perfect in keeping the outside of the dish clean. Uh, if it is to do 600 press-ups and a Jewish man is there, that's what will make them see the kingdom of God. They will do 600 push-ups. They will not even add one. They will not minus one. 600 push-ups, they will do it. If it is to sweep the whole of Acts to under three hours, they will do it perfectly because that is what they can fathom to be is something that I can achieve by my own hand. Hallelujah. So when God now brings his standard to you and you begin to see ah, this kind of mountain, I don't think we can climb it. He made a provision. Hallelujah. And that provision is the grace of God that carries you, carries your effort, your small power, carries your ability up until it reaches that standard and keeps you there. Hallelujah. Amen. So you and I and meet the standard of God by the grace that he has so provided. How would this grace now do it? You saw it before in Titus 2, 11 and 12. He says he will teach you the things you are deficient of, the grace will teach you. And the things you're already efficient in, he will stabilize them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want us to practice something now. I want us to put the word of God in practice. According to the time this instruction came, I've skipped it because I wanted us to talk about this part before we move to the conclusion part of the teaching. Let's put God's word in practice. How many of us have a writing material now? You have a writing material with you. Media, please bring up Titus 2, 11 again. 11 and 12. You can match them together. Alright, this is what I want us to do. I don't know how many of us, after we heard of the place of grace in the faith of a believer, from Tuesday last week up until today, seven days, you have intentionally, consciously walked, acknowledging and desiring to see grace manifest in your life. Whether you are here or you are not, it's fine. But from now to next Tuesday, there's something I want us to work out now. There's something I want us to work out now. So, with your piece of paper or with your book, don't write it on a piece of paper, write it inside your book. With your book in hand and your Bible also, I'd like you to write one thing. It says, okay, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and we should live soberly, righteously, and in a manner that is godly in this present age. Hallelujah. So there's something you have been trying to deny by your power since before now, perhaps since 2022, 2021, years before now. Eh? If you believe that the power of God is here, that grace is here now. I'd like you to write just one, just one, just one. Father, this one thing I've been trying to deny by my own effort and ability, yet I've not been able to. I'm writing it down now. I'm not seeing anybody write anything. Okay, think first. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on first. Hold on. Hold on. Don't just write anything. I want you to see what you want to write in your mind. That one thing. Don't write two yet. Next week we'll write another one. Now just write one. I want you to prove God's word true and the grace that teaches us to deny ungodliness, teaches us to deny. Hallelujah. 
And I also brought everything together so that you write one that has to do with ungodliness, and you also write one that is academically inclined. Perhaps from the beginning of the semester, you have been told, ah, read your book, so study, do this one. But you have not found yourself entering that place yet. You know inside you, if they mention book now, you are afraid. If they say test now, you are shivering because you know you have not done anything that concerns your courses since the semester began up until this point. Hallelujah. I'd like you to write that one too. That's two things now. Something you want to deny as far as ungodliness and worldly loss is concerned. Put this down. Your book now. Nothing without your love. Your grace. Your grace. I'm nothing without your grace. Your grace, your grace, I'm nothing without your grace. If you've written it down, I'd like you to make a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the provision of your grace, this thing I've written down, come Tuesday next week from now, both academically and otherwise that you have written down. In the next seven days, I will see I desire to see the hand of God, the grace of God, helping me to deny these things from now till, till Tuesday next week. From now till Tuesday next week. Perhaps in lying, perhaps it's an addiction, masturbation. Lord, from now till Tuesday next week, from now till Tuesday, I want to see tangibly the power of God. Perhaps I oversleep when I ought to be reading. Lord Jesus, from now till Tuesday next week, I want to see tangibly the power of God that will jack me up to wake up and study, that will jack me up to wake up and pray, that will jack me up to read the Bible. Lord Jesus, I want to see tangibly that power manifesting. Can you make that a prayer? I'm nothing without your love. Your grace, your grace. I'm nothing without your grace. Your grace. Japanis kapare valibra ane patana mara la vagayaga dasha pena soba rabelam prekadonza prendi fani na mara la gayaga dasha ay haremanenta salia gebedegegedesh I give in to depression Lord Jesus but now I receive grace sapalia ena managalagada that will be overflow with joy from today till Tuesday next week ham penando unjabalabalagada this is how I will prove and know that what I heard this evening is not is not a scam kamenandia shwata erambel badagada jaka paralagada my mind has been clouded by all manner of lust. But Lord Jesus, from now till Tuesday next week, I receive grace to deny worldly lust. This is what your word says. That the grace that brings salvation has appeared unto me right where I am right now. And it teaches me how to deny unworldly, how to deny worldly lust. How to deny ungodly Lord Jesus, Rabela Konda Silabrata, whatever manifests itself as ungodliness, whatever has been manifesting itself as worldly loss, right now I receive the grace. Abenatasi, Empatashadaba, Rabadabalagayagadishete. 
Is it my habit of overeating? Is it a bad habit that I have? Is it an addiction? Is it an addiction? Is it a friend I need to separate from? I know in my heart of hearts that this thing I keep doing is not leading me to a good place. Lord Jesus, today I receive grace. In the course of the next seven days, I will see this grace manifested. In the course of the next seven days, I will see this grace manifested. In the course of the next seven days, I will see this grace manifested. We are nothing without your grace, Jesus. We are nothing without your grace, Jesus. Your grace, your grace. We are nothing without your grace. Your grace, your grace. We're nothing without your grace. Your grace, your grace. We're nothing without your grace. My life has been falling short to your standard and I know it. But Lord Jesus, tonight, tonight, in the course of the next seven days, in the course of the next seven days, I will know in my spirit, I will know in my heart of hearts that I have begun to walk in the spirit, that I am walking in the spirit. In the next seven days, in the next seven days, your grace, I'm nothing without your grace. My prayer life has been quenched. My prayer life has been quenched. My word study life has been quenched. In the course of the next seven days, I receive that grace now. Oh, I'm nothing without your grace. Your grace, your grace. I'm nothing without your grace. In the name of Jesus, you have prayed. By the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God at work in you right now, and the faith you have in Christ Jesus, I release grace. I release grace for that extraordinary accomplishment. I receive grace for that uncommon feat right now. I receive grace. You have been defeated before now by that habit, by that addiction. You have been defeated before now by sleep, by food. In the name of Jesus, the grace of God that helps you deny. The grace of God that helps every man and any man that surrenders to deny ungodliness and worldliness. Right now is made available to you. It is bestowed on you now. In the name of Jesus, from the crown of your head now to the sole of your feet, you are not a man without power. You are not a man that is disadvantaged. You are not a man that is begging for help. You are one sufficiently helped by God. Receive help now. Receive grace now. In the name of Jesus. Kabila Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. How? To receive grace from God. How can I receive grace from God? Hallelujah. Amen. How far are you now? Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, it's as if you have gone to Lagos and I'm the only one in Akbadi. Amen. Even if you don't want to answer, you don't feel like answering, just answer for me. Mm, for me. 
God will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. How to receive grace? In order to receive grace, <coughs> but I must tell you first and foremost, as a believer who has been saved in Christ Jesus, it's not a matter whether you want to receive or you don't want to receive. The fact that grace, you are even a believer. What did this in the scripture we just read in Titus 2? It says, the grace of God that does what? God. If mama can remember, you cannot remember. Something is wrong. Receive grace for retention in the name of Jesus. Eh? You just saw it now. Mama remembers it. And you are, I'm see, the reason I'm, somebody is there that does not remember what he read. Hallelujah. Amen. So the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. When grace appears, he brings salvation. So you are saved. That's why that scripture says, we are saved by grace. The very fact that salvation has even come is because grace God has given something called grace. Hallelujah. So every believer, everyone that has received Christ, hmm, you have received grace as well. Hallelujah. But the purpose of this is for someone that is not sure where he's standing. I was asking someone the other time, are you born again? <laughs> say, I know Jesus. I like Jesus. But when you say, are you born again? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I say as well. We now know where the problem is. We know that you don't understand what born again means. That's where we will now start from there and help you. Hallelujah. Amen. So for people that are not sure, under the sound of my voice now, you are not sure if you are born again, if you are in Christ or not, it's good. So how can you receive grace? How can you receive the grace of God? Number one, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2 makes us see something. Ephesians 1 verse 2, if you can quickly go there. And now says, Grace, here says, Be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He now opens you and says, I'm, bring, I'm sending something to you. We learned about what grace is and all that, so we don't have to define it again. He says, The gift of grace I'm giving you now and peace also. But let me tell you the source. It's not me that is giving you. He now says, From God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So everything you have learned so far up until this point, everything you have desired, even the prayer you have just made now, understand that the ability for that prayer to come to life or to be actualized in you is because God, the Father, and Jesus Christ will make it so. Hallelujah. Grace comes from God. Know that one. Grace comes from God. If you must receive it, you must know where grace comes from. It comes from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 now, 5 and 6. Okay. 5 and 6. It now says something. It says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So after you have known that grace comes from God and Jesus Christ, and I've now known, so what can I do to be among the people that will receive it? Number two is be a son of God. How? By Jesus Christ. You, you must become a son of God, adopted by or through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We become sons by Jesus Christ. There's an adoption that God adopts us with, and it is through the spirit of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I have known that grace comes from God. Number two, I must be a son of God. How? Through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Now, verse 7 and 8. Let me clarify something there. Verse 7 and 8 says something. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness is just two things. We have redemption by the blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace, which he had made to abound towards all, in all, towards all, towards us, in all wisdom and prudence. Hallelujah. So, when you have known who grace comes from, when you have known and received Christ as Lord and Savior, thereby becoming a son of God, you have you are qualified to receive the free gift of grace in your life. Hallelujah. And now, when you are a believer, and then something is still happening, where although saved, although redeemed, although washed by the blood, you are still plagued by the guilt of sin. You are still plagued by the guilt of being unreconciled. Something inside is telling you, um, is making you guilty. It's making you feel unreconciled to God. And so you feel as though you have not been forgiven of your sins. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I just said now? So you've been saved by the confession and believe in your heart. You believed and you confessed. But even though you have done these things and you are here under the sound of my voice, and when you remember something you did some time ago, or you remember how that your life was before now, you still feel, ah, I don't think I've been forgiven. I don't think we have been reconciled back yet. The way my life is going, ah, if, if we have been reconciled, I think I would have had a B in that course. So I think it's because of my sin that I sin. But I ask for forgiveness. Maybe God is still just punishing me because of that sin. So you are still feeling as though something is happening to you because of you are not reconciled. Your sins have not been forgiven and you have not been washed. Okay? If you are still here and then such a thing is still plaguing your mind, eh? such a thing is still plaguing you, then the deficiency now is that although you have received grace, you have not acknowledged or understood what grace is. Hallelujah. 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 So, what is happening to you now is what happens to some of our parents. I was corrected very bitterly when I made this assertion generally. I was just discussing with my colleague and I said, leave that in. This 21st century, there are many of our parents, they don't know how to use um, gadgets now. And someone just, he bitterly corrected me and I just kept quiet. Hmm? So what is happening to you now is what's happening to some of our parents, minority of our parents, that they will have the latest model of the Android phone, but the only thing they can do with it is what? To make phone call and to text. So when you go to church and then occasion is happening, hey, they may come and call my phone and go and snap. Hmm? Go and video pastor, go and snap. It's not as if they really want you to do it. If you were not around, they will still send somebody else because they don't know how to do it that way. Do you understand? So you have grace in your hand as a phone. There are so many possibilities. You can be here and talk with someone in London. You can be here and do many things with the grace that is in your hand. But then you are still feeling unforgiven. You are feeling unreconciled. You are not even appropriating the grace because although the gift is there, you don't know what you are carrying in your hand. Hallelujah. So I've now told you that how you receive the grace, acknowledge that grace comes from God, and be saved. Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then you are qualified for grace. But if you now sit back and say, ah, what I've received now, and how come I'm not seeing grace for extraordinary work? How come in my academics is still... Eh, you now realize that although you have received, something is wrong as a deficiency. Because he says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of grace which he made to abound unto us in wisdom and prudence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you have taken note of the grace, he says he abounds to us in all wisdom and prudence. And I understood from that place now that there is nothing that the grace of God does not make provision for. 
there is no aspect of your life or mine. So that scripture now told me that there is nothing that had happened that is happening or will happen that the grace of that God's grace did not account for. Hallelujah. Amen. There is nothing that had happened is happening. I will explain what I'm saying now. Or will happen that the grace of God did not account for. Okay, you believe before now that the world should be a peaceable, loving place as far as the gospel is now being preached. Ah, but wars should stop now. Strife should stop. But even though Jesus told us that as the world is going to an end, these things will also increase. Eh, but we are believers now. We should be exempted from these kind of things. Even though the other time we heard how that people enter the church and they offed the majority of the people inside. Mm? So, but we are praying people, a good person that is a righteous man should not die. This kind of thing should not befall good people. So everybody that is under the umbrella of God, as far as life is concerned, we are supposed to be living in heavenly places, as the scripture says, far above principalities and powers. Those kind of scenarios and situations, all those kind of things now, I want you to know now, it's not happening by mistake, it's not happening by accident. God did not sleep that time that man died. We had one very nice elder. Of all the elders, people who don't know how quite churches, who have some elders, who have maybe one. The man was, if you want to see Jesus, look at that man. Don't even go to read the Bible, just look at his life. You will, know, you will give your life to Christ by just observing him for one week. Eh? So, other people that were even older than him, they were alive, the man died. Wow, what is happening? This one that should have lived and at least stayed longer is the one that is dying. The other ones that are old and they are not allowing this to move forward, they are the ones that are still alive. So all those kind of things are instances. The grace of God has made account for it. And so when your life begins, to, not your life now, when life or a person's life begins to veer, even though he's a believer, and you now begin to find that there are things that are looking like God is sleeping in that place. Mm-mm, he's not sleeping. Grace, the riches and kindness of God has made account for all of these things. Why I'm saying this is because you have heard of the wondrous things that happen by the grace of God. Yet you will still see a faithful believer. I'm not talking of someone that is lazy now. A faithful believer both in the world, in prayer, and in his academics. Yet he still sees as if his eyes, what he's aiming for is still not coming. Okay, calm down. Hmm? The admonition of God this evening is not that God is asleep, nor is it that he is powerless to help you. It is not even that the grace that you have been hearing about is weak to actually help you, or that it's not for, it's for you. But grace has taken that to account. One time Jesus was speaking of the blind man, and God's servant was teaching us one time, and said, he was born without eye socket, not because of his sin or the sin of his parents, but that the glory of God will be revealed, made manifest. Hallelujah. And so many at times it is necessary that these trials come, that they will make your faith strong. James chapter 4 was telling us that do not be weary when the trials of your faith come. That when they come, they are for one purpose, to make your faith complete, lacking in nothing. Hallelujah. So when issues like this arise in the body, and we have heard of the riches and kindness that the grace of God affords us, yet it's as if Christians are the ones suffering the most. It's not because God is wicked or is asleep. It is because... These, all, these things and all of them and the likes, they are for the revelation of the true strength that Christians actually have. Hallelujah. That even though we are crushed, you remember that scripture? We are not destroyed. Even though we are matched on every side, even though you turn here and because you bear the, the emblem of chapel of praise, they, come on, get out of my office. Come on, come on, come on. You are despised on every side. Yet at the end of the day, you grow stronger and stronger. Just like it was happening in Israel. Although they were greatly despised, they were greatly um, maltreated in Egypt. Yet it was as if fertilizer was nourishing them and they were growing rather than winning. People that were being hated, 
verbally, physical, emotional, even spiritual abuse. Yet, they were growing numerically in every wise, even mighty in army. They were growing stronger and stronger and stronger. This is what the grace of God affords us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, next time, when something happens that ought to that will make an ordinary person say, ah, even though Nigeria is praying up and down, even though we have Bishop, this one, we have that one, they are doing things up and down, they are hosting crusade, they, are, they should carry that money and go and you will not also join them and talk because you now understand that what we are preaching is not that magic will happen and everybody will be happy. Yes, God can actually do that. But everything that happens as far as Nigeria and the whole world is concerned, the grace of God has taken account of it. It abounds in all wisdom and prudence. Hallelujah. Nothing takes him by surprise. Hallelujah. Can you tell your neighbor, nothing takes God by surprise? So even Nigeria now, what we are seeing as economic, whatever you call it, is not surprising God. Hallelujah. There is a grace that God has already put in place for you and I, though being in a place that ought to crush and destroy us. Someone was saying something one time and he said, if Half of what is happening to this country were to before some of the top nations. They will not even hear their name again. They will not be on the map. But look at how that hmm, we are suffering all these kinds of things. Yet, even in this country, people are still waxing stronger. COVID 19 happened, and we are not the best placed country. Although the border was locked, people were still exploding financially. People were still exploding in that manner. Imagine if we had all the amenities that we needed for basic survival. Hallelujah. So, God's grace has put everything into provision. The counsel now is when next something that should discourage you as far as the helping hand of God should arise, know first and foremost, God's grace has taken this into account. And when you are praying, do not pray or ask God in... God, why now? Oh, God, understand? God's grace has taken this into account. Father, help me. I receive the grace for this particular situation. I understand that what is happening now is that your glory will be revealed. And so, Lord, the grace for beauty, the grace for favor to come out of this situation, Lord, I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Do you understand? Do you understand? I, I don't know if some... Do you understand? Are you sure? Hallelujah. God's grace is not short-handed. It's not short-sighted. It is complete in everything. It is not only for saving you from sin. It is not only to bring salvation and then leave you as an idiot. It will now bring salvation and continue there and teach you into the standard of God. It will not only teach you salvation and leave you as a dunce as far as your academics is concerned. God's grace will make you like Paul where you say, I was the least amongst my classmates, but by the grace that was bestowed and with me. Now when I speak, I'm a man of authority and influence in my department. When I speak as an electrical engineer, as a civil engineer, as a marine biologist or geologist, as I, when I speak in my field of endeavor, I am someone they cannot gainsay my knowledge. Hallelujah. That's what the grace of God carries. Is it abounds in all wisdom. Hallelujah. And it is by this weapon that the church will be at the peak. Hallelujah. As far as every influence or sphere of influence is concerned, spiritually, um, academically, Financially, entertainment wise, I may not remember all the spheres, but in every sphere of influence, it is that grace, despite the tumor and fight against the church, it is that grace that will lift the church to those places. Hallelujah. Amen. So, till tomorrow, war will continue. Till tomorrow, you will still hear how that. We also pray that none of that will befall any of us. We will see here that the church is persecuted, very well persecuted. But the grace of God did not slip. It did not even reduce. The grace of God for that congregation was as massive as anything. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has someone understood that point I just made now? Amen. So when an issue like this comes up, when a challenge like this arises, acknowledge that grace is not asleep. The grace of God has already put in this into account. I wrote exams very well. I studied well. I prayed well. But when I wrote the exams, they say my result is missing. God did not sleep. God did not die. Engage the grace in that situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we be on our feet? Your grace, your grace, I'm nothing without. Okay. A chaplain has a question. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the grace of God upon our lives. I have a question to ask. For the past three weeks, we have been handling faith, talking about faith. Faith is a substance. Faith is now. Faith is true. Faith is all. Praise the Lord. And now we are talking about grace. How do they marry each other? How do they work together? How can we differentiate when to apply grace and when to apply faith? Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. How can we marry faith and grace together? How can we know when we need faith and when we need grace? Amen. I may remember when I said something like that last Tuesday. You do not remember. You don't remember. Okay. I said this. Okay. Grace. Bible says it brings salvation. You are saved by grace. Now what brings this grace to even bring salvation is what? Is what? Faith. You believing that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Your faith, your belief on God, you believe in God for that issue, that situation, that challenge, that prayer request, and generally in life, brings God's grace for a particular issue. Now, grace is the, F, the energy that helps you to overcome a hurdle, a challenge, is the energy that surpasses your own human ability. But what brings it to you is faith in God. Without you even believing in God first and foremost, what you are doing, no matter how beautiful, no matter how well you did it, what you have ended up doing is human energy, like exerting human energy. So you get up and you begin to sing like most of our popular secular musicians. They are singing by their own talent and ability. When the faith of God comes, faith in God comes, it brings a dimension of grace on a person. Hallelujah. And then every work he is now doing, every effort he is now doing there, it's not by his own natural ability anymore. He's walking by the power from God. Amen. So, faith brings the grace of God into the life of every believer. Oh, please, have we answered your question? <laughs> okay. Thank you, ma. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, do we have any other question? I was intending to take the questions after we are present to see have like 15 minutes. Okay. Your grace. I just have one prayer that we'll pray. Your grace. I'm nothing without your grace. Ephesians chapter 8 verse 10, please. Ephesians 8 verse 10. Your grace. Your grace. I'm nothing without your grace. Your grace. 
Ephesians 1, 8 to 10. I'm nothing without your grace, Lord Jesus. Your grace, your grace. I'm helpless without it. I'm helpless without your grace. And he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. It says, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that comes to make one prayer. Lord Jesus, is there a way my life, the direction I'm heading in my life, is not what you plan for me? Is there a way that what I'm doing now is not what you plan for me? Let your grace lead me in the correct path now. By your grace, lead me in the correct path. Is it, is it possible that the people I am in company with now, the friends I have now, they are not the ones that will actually help my destiny to get to where it's supposed to be? Is it possible that the way I pray now, the way I'm leading my life now, is not the way that will, that will end me where you have proposed me to be. Lord Jesus, let your grace turn me in the right direction now. Let your grace turn me now in the right direction. Let your grace turn me now in the right direction. Father, I've been searching for what you called me to do on this earth. I've been searching for purpose all this while. I've seen now in your word, in your scripture, we are God's workmanship, ordained unto every good work which he has proposed beforehand. He had already prepared the work we are to do on the earth. Lord Jesus, the way I'm going now, am I actually going in that direction? Am I doing what you plan for me to do on this earth? If not, Jesus, turn me around by your, by your grace. Turn me around, Lord Jesus, by your grace. Turn me around, Lord. The company I'm with now, my habits, my habits, my life's choices, Lord Jesus. As a, as a worker in chapel of praise, am I walking the way you desire that I walk? As a prayer band man, am I praying the way I should pray? As an evangelism unit member, am I evangelizing the way I ought to? Lord Jesus, as a singer in the choir, am I living the way I ought to live? Jesus Turn me now by your grace. Turn me now by your grace. Turn me now by your grace. For we are saved by grace. When grace saved me, it was that I will fulfill the work that God has planned. When grace saved me, that my destiny will also be saved. When grace saved me, was that my academics will also be saved. Lord Jesus, my tomorrow, my tomorrow. The way I'm going now is my tomorrow seeing you. The way I'm going now, Lord Jesus, will I become what you have destined beforehand that I will be? The way I'm walking now, the way my life is now, will I actually arrive where you want me to arrive? If not, Jesus, right now, by that grace that saved me, by that grace that saved me, by that grace that saves a man, Lord, turn me back in the right path. Turn me back in the right path. Turn me back in the right path. God does not desire that anyone should perish. God does not desire that any of his seed should perish. That any, any man on earth should perish. God desires that every single one of us will become in life. Will reach our destiny. Will fulfill his purposes for us. Jesus. Jesus help me. Let your grace abound for me. Let your grace abound for me. Let your grace appear. Let your grace appear. Let your grace appear. Let your grace appear tonight. Let your grace appear tonight. Let your grace appear tonight unto me. Let your grace appear tonight unto me. Jepe para balara laga dibi dibi rimama namara bara diaga laga dish rebe dambra di la brondon zafila braga laga dash rakate shapela frande brandi kabila bra ana kabala laga dash jedega de bele berele digi digi de brunda bara davana vada laga laga dash your grace Jesus sapina sadi vidi vidi gidish I'm nothing without your grace.
can you receive grace tonight? Lift up your voice and receive grace. Receive grace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You see, friends, wherever there is grace, there is peace. So, over and again, when the apostles are giving their salutations, it says, grace and peace. Are you following? When you see a man of absolute calmness, is a man of great peace. Alright? A man of... Someone who is so still in the midst of challenge, the man that has grace. That's the flip side of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So wherever there is grace, there is peace. You have received grace. So peradventure here under the sound of my voice, you are experiencing turbulence in academics. You are experiencing turbulence in family. You are experiencing turbulence in your finance. You are experiencing turbulence in your health. By the release of God's grace tonight, we decree peace be still. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the release of the grace of God in this place tonight, everyone who has been termed as a dollar, everyone who has been written off as one who is unproductive, whose intellect has been written off, by the release of God's grace tonight, we decree in the name of Jesus that you be quickened in your mind. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone under the sound of my voice, whose call, whose giftings has been blood and covered in a bushel, I decree in the name of Jesus Christ, as the grace of God finds expression in your life, every deposit of God that makes for advantage on the earth and in this present world shall begin to find expression in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, he that comes from above is above all. Grace is one of the things that comes from above. Therefore, by the release of God's grace again tonight, I decree you you become placed above everything that looks like an obstacle in your life. Every mountain that seems insurmountable, you will walk on them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It says, thou hast made my foot like the hind's feet. Therefore, I shall ride upon my high places of the earth. I decree this shall become your testimonies. We decree the grace of the Lord flows abundantly into chapel of praise. We decree the grace of the Lord flows abundantly into Aquaibom State University. We decree the grace of God abundantly over Nigeria. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As you are going out from this place tonight, it shall be grace upon grace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your speaking shall be speakings of grace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the advantage of grace will be evidence in your life. And in whatsoever you shall lay your hands to do, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, once again I decree peace over your life. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with every one of us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever.
Amen. Zaye, okay, 2022. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. I am free. Hallelujah. Amen.